Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Wake Up Human podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Wills, and in this episode, I'm offering something a bit different. It's a reading. No, not a psychic reading. I'll be reading out loud, narrating one of my own written works. The piece is called We Are All Indigenous, Reflections on Native American Heritage Month as a Non-Native to This Country. It's a reflection on what it means to be indigenous to a place, and the strange reality of asking that question while living in a land that is not one's ancestral home. I humbly offer this story as a small contribution to the important conversation in this country about healing the wounds of the peoples of this land, both those who have been historically oppressed and those who are descended from the oppressors, and everyone in between. If we are not native to the place we live, how can we honor the peoples indigenous to the land we live upon, while also nurturing our own roots and navigating toward our own sense of place and home? I find that listening to a story can sometimes feel more real than reading it. Human storytelling traditions were oral before they were written, and there's something that feels very natural in speaking this story aloud. I hope you'll find it natural to listen, and I hope you'll find something of value in my words. See you on the inside. Welcome to the Wake Up Human podcast. I'm Shannon Wills, a curious wanderer with a passion for digging into life's mysteries and mining them for wisdom to apply to our modern lives. This podcast explores the ways we humans have become disconnected from our native ways of knowing, what we have lost, and what we can gain by coming back into wholeness. Each episode will explore this theme of reconnecting with our innate human power in order to heal ourselves, our relationships, and our planet. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into the latest installment of Wake Up Human. We are all Indigenous. Reflections on Native American Heritage Month as a non-Native to this country. I sit at a Taoist meditation gathering, legs crossed, balanced on a plastic folding chair. My Qigong teacher has just given a lecture on the Tao, and I expect now to sit in silent meditation and take in the familiar sound that always ends these nightly talks, the music of the gong. The gong is what my teacher calls it anyway. What I call it is a crystal singing bowl. The diameter of a beach ball It's a half-cut oval of frosted white glass that rings when struck and sings when stroked. When a musician sits down to play the bowl, gliding a wooden dowel around its outer edge in unbroken spiral after spiral, the crystal begins to sing. It starts quiet and scratchy and builds to a crescendo of expansive songs so loud and wide that it penetrates the air of the room and cancels all other information inside. The loudness of the gong silences everything in its wake. The music of the gong is one of my favorite sounds. It's a mystical sound, a sound seemingly from another world that somehow crosses into this material world and touches spirit to ground. Its ring expands through space like the dust of a galaxy, enters my ears, and rings into my brain, echoing and bounding inside my skull. Every time I hear it, 
The song cuts through my consciousness so completely that it clears away everything in its path, any residue of thought, any dust of impure emotion. I'm left afterward contemplating pure sound, hearing it recede, feeling my own self floating halfway between worlds, the gong having transformed even my own energy into sound. I am left clear, renewed, with a sense of seeing and hearing again for the first time. The clarity lasts for a few minutes, maybe a few hours. Then, inevitably, whatever is inside my psyche and experience will begin dropping its litter into the pristine fields of pure mind, and my neural highways start to become congested again. Life traffic builds up and starts honking. I once told my teacher, I love the sound of the gong. It opens me up like the sky. He replied with a nod. The gong is a great teacher. Tonight, back on my plastic chair, I once again await the gong. But tonight it doesn't come. Instead, the voice of my teacher reaches into the dim light of the room, announcing that instead of meditation, tonight will be gifted a unique presentation from some special visitors. In November, we celebrate Native American Heritage Month in our country. As I ponder the meaning of that celebration, I think of a comment I heard recently from philosopher Noam Chomsky, remarking on a review of a book by someone he calls a major American historian. He said, The book's author mentions that when early European explorers came to the Western Hemisphere, there had been approximately one million Native people living up and down the length of the continent. But the historian was far off in estimates of the true population, which Chomsky says would have been closer to 60 or 70 million. Why the discrepancy? How did a historian miss 59 million or more people and instead only report 1 million? Answer. By failing to count the millions upon millions of indigenous people of those lands who were killed by disease, famine, and war in the wake of the European settlers' arrival. Why were those people either not counted or discounted? Did the European settlers or historians of that time not see those many millions of people? Did they see them but not see them as people? Did they see them as people but following some narrow-eyed convention of the day presume that the native people of the Americas literally did not count? Or did they see it all and just decide to cook the numbers to hide any blood that might be on their hands. Back at the Taoist Center, the special visitors arrive. The troupe from the Center for Indigenous Arts enters into the space. They slide in like shadows, silent, barefoot, carrying feathers and drums and strings of twinkling lights. Surrounded by statues of Kuan Yin and Taoist warriors, Red and gold brocade, yin-yang adorned tapestries, the indigenous dancers sit in a circle on the floor with branches of pine and juniper at their feet. They begin to chant. The Taoist seekers of ancient times aligned themselves with the natural world. Taoist mystics climbed mountains to heaven, divined their destinies in numbers and geometries, shapeshifted into animals, contorting their bodies into deer, tiger, crane, and monkey. That energy lives on in this room now. 
the indigenous visitors breathe their own offering into the space. The drum sounds, evoking bear, buffalo, eagle, and wolf. A voice speaks from the darkest corner. A woman's voice, strong, settled, confident. She gives a prayer in an indigenous language, a tongue my ears don't understand. She shifts to English for a moment, calling on the ancestors for protection, honoring them, and thanking them for all life. She prays for the waters, the sky, the rocks. She prays for the people to be at peace with one another and with all our relations, to live in joyful communion with nature and spirit. Just as I wonder whether this woman might be asking too much of human beings, she utters something clear and wonderful that catches my attention. We are all indigenous. She repeats it again and again. We are all indigenous. We are all indigenous. We are all indigenous to this earth. I am indigenous to this land, and so are you, she says. I am indigenous to these waters, and so are you. I am indigenous to this soil, and a child of Mother Earth, and so are you. All of us, all of us, are indigenous to this world. We belong to it. It is our home. She continues, If we are to find peace with one another, we must understand that this planet is our mother, and we are all brothers and sisters. We were all born from the same womb. There is no such thing as my land and yours, unless we say it is so. And if we don't care for the land as our mother, if we don't care for our shared home, we are in danger of destroying her. Please, join with me. The room falls quiet. The only light comes from strands of twinkling bulbs strewn across the floor and the reflections in the many mirrors that circle the room. Blue and white sparkles surround us all like stars. For a moment, a shared understanding fills the room that we are all one, of the same mother, praying under the same sky. And then the dancing begins. I understand there's a danger in making the statement, we are all indigenous. It would be naive at best and inflammatory and disrespectful to make this claim thoughtlessly. The land we call the United States was native land for hundreds of generations before any, quote, modern European set foot on its shores. And I admit only because it was a native woman who spoke those words, we are all indigenous, did I feel some sense of permission to repeat it as though it were anything I should possibly be allowed to say. As a woman of European ancestry, why do I feel I need permission to say such a thing? Where does that come from? I have an herbalist friend who is Irish by blood. Sharing the ancient ways of the Irish warrior goddess is her life's work. She teaches herbal classes rooted in Irish traditions, healing, and spirituality. She leads a mystery school of indigenous wisdom in the tradition of ancient European mystery schools. This friend, who lives in the United States far from her ancestral home, 
wrote once that she sometimes feels like a woman without a land. She knows she doesn't come from here, yet here is where she is. And she must dig some roots where she is, yet knowing that someone else long ago dug here first and still holds the ground sacred. So this wild-skirted woman plants one foot in this land and the other in the rhythms and seasons of her lost Irish home. From here she teaches the trees of the Celtic year, hawthorn, ash, birch, willow. She shares recipes passed down through the generations of mothers and daughters before her. She weaves her stories not beside the warmth of a peat fire on the rocks of the Irish burren, but through the smoke of burning mugwort in the arid mountain west. Wherever she is, she must tell her stories. I can relate to this. As a woman with a bloodline threading back to the British Isles, just the names of the Celtic trees tug softly on something inside me, calling me out to sea. They speak to me longingly. You know us. We are yours. You are ours. Yet, I was born here. Where do I belong? What does it mean to be indigenous to a place when inside me flows the black blood of forested island locks? While I was birthed through my mother, through my mother's mother, on the sagebrush lava flows of the high desert. In both places, I feel equally at home. It would be untrue to say that we are all indigenous to this land. Each of us has roots in some land. We can call ourselves indigenous to somewhere. If this land where we are is not the land of our recent ancestors, we can find beauty in that recognition and take care to honor the indigenous heritage of the place we are. And if our roots were uprooted from somewhere else, somewhere far away, we can grieve for that loss of place. Maybe we can have compassion for others who suffer the same loss. Recognizing that we are all indigenous to this earth, sisters and brothers to each other and all of creation, is not meant to ignore the pain of genocide, the devastation of colonization, or the loss of self and identity that comes with separation. We live in a world of borders and nations, a world that has split people from their native lands in many places, many ways. This is our reality. We can't go back and undo the damage that was done, not fully, despite reparations and best intentions. So I wonder, couldn't the words, we are all indigenous, be words of healing? If we are all indigenous to this planet, and all in need of a home, could that understanding be a source of empathy? A path of reconnection for those who have lost connection to their lands, all around the world? I would be interested to know what others think of this idea, because to me it brings peace, hope, possibility. What would the world be like if we could all know that we are already home? Back to the sound of the gong. I am not Chinese. I am not indigenous to any Taoist tradition. Yet the gong sings to me, empties me, fills me with wonder. I can only assume the gong does not discriminate, that it offers its song of clarity to all of us equally, wherever we may be from. 
My intellect is not certain of any of this, because my intellect is afraid of being seen as a colonizer who does not have a right to say such things, as we are all indigenous. I'm not certain about my land, about my permissions. I'm not certain what my place is, my place to live, my place to speak. But my heart is not afraid, and I trust my heart. I am certain that I am indigenous to this planet, and I am certain that you are too. I pray for the day none of us feels like a woman without a land, a man without a land, a child without a mother. We should never need to feel that way, not when we are already home. I pray this is something we can work on together. So, no gong tonight, but still some clarity. Another good teacher, and teaching that will echo through my consciousness in a different way for more than a few hours. The tall and strong native woman emerges from the darkness of the corner and enters into the circle of light. It is her voice I heard in prayer. Silver hair flows over her shoulders and cascades down to her hips. Her skirt is laced with leather and fiber. Feathers adorn her hair. She dances a spiral, hands high in the air. Dear wise woman teacher, thank you for speaking your prayer. Thank you for giving me permission to stand tall in this land with you. Thank you for sharing your strength with me so I can confidently say, I am indigenous to this world. We are all indigenous. That's it for this episode of the Wake Up Human podcast. It feels like a fragile task to reflect on what it means to be indigenous while making a home on land that was and still is someone else's ancient ancestral home. I don't expect to have the answers, but I feel I have to ask the questions and be willing to fail in my assumptions because I want to be part of the conversation. I welcome your feedback and your own stories. If you'd like to connect, you can find me via my website at shannonwills.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Wake Up Human.